All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I'm accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And we are back again with another episode, starting off the year, right or wrong, depending on the way you look at it. Our first episode was in February, <laughs> the end of February, actually. Yeah. But you know how we do, we like to drop episodes back to back to back to back. And then and, stop. And then disappear. <laughs> Anyways, Takia. As we usually do, what will we be talking about today? Um, a situation that happened in church that I'm going to let you break down because you better at... A situation that happened in church. Yeah, that's been... It went viral. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about it, and so we wanted to join that discussion because we felt like, um, unfortunately, uh, this is not the first time something like this has ever happened, uh, and I truly doubt that it's going to be the last. Well, yeah, that's true. So with that said, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, mm-hmm. but nah, you don't have to live under a rock to not know what's going on. A lot of right. people just don't pay attention to stuff like this. Or if you're not on social media. Right. I'm not on social media, so the only reason I know is because of... YouTube. Yeah. And YouTube. Larry Live. Well, I guess I guess YouTube is a form of social media. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, so if you were not aware, I don't know the date. I can't remember exactly when it happened, but February it's... February 17th. Okay. The only reason I remember is because the dad made it, like, national. He flipped it, and he made it National Music Appreciation Day. National Musician Appreciation Day. So, do you need to break it down in? Because it seems like no, you no, got no. more of the details than I do. No, because I just feel like you are you explain things objectively better than I do. All right. So, if you are not aware, recently... A video hit the internet in the church world, and a person that goes by the name of Apostle Monique Hall, she had a video surface of her rebuking musicians. Now, at least upon first glance, when I first saw the video, I thought this was generalized, but... Upon further investigation, you know, videos have come out. It was actually directed towards the specific musicians of the church that she was preaching at. And essentially what's happened was, this is about at least, I've seen two different clips. One was shorter, like two minutes and 43 seconds. Another one was longer, four minutes. And apparently there's an even longer clip out there of just the, the entire service. service. Yep. I haven't watched the entire service, so let that be a caveat, if you will, but... She goes on this two, three, four minute long rant. That's what I will categorize it as because that's what I feel it is. Speaking about how musicians, she's praying that musicians get saved. Uh, essentially, I think what sparked this this speech was the fact that the musicians that were serving that day during this service, and yeah, the musicians that were serving during this service got up and took a break when it was time for her to preach. And then the sparks flew. (laughs) But she found herself giving a public rebuke in regards to the situation, rebuking musicians for, I guess, not serving properly. Anyway, if you you want the true facts of the matter, you can go look up the video. I mean, if you type in Apostle Monique Hall, 
video clips will pop up of exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, you got video titles of certain uh, people saying, you know, musician rebuked and then kicked out, things of that nature. But she goes on this rebuke, and then at the end of this rebuke, she asks the musicians that were currently serving during this time to play something. The keyboard player ends up playing something, and then she goes to speak to the drummer to ask him to play something. The drummer refuses to play. We'll get into how we feel about this situation as the podcast continues, but right now we're just doing a quick, non-detailed recap of what happened. So she goes to the drummer, asks the drummer to play something. The drummer refuses to play. The drummer gets up from the drum set. She asks somebody else from the crowd to come play the drums and then proceeds to give another rebuke more personal to the drummer who refused to play in which she says, and not a quote, I'm paraphrasing, you have 48 hours to repent. You don't know what you've just done. Speaking to the drummer, that is, that refused to play. After that, she walks towards the pulpit, asks the crowd, somebody in the crowd, I don't know who, What's the drummer's name? And then I have not seen this portion of the video, but reports have even stated that uh, she asked for a seed to, I guess, seal the 48-hour window. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with that portion, but this is, this is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact she did say you have 48 hours to repent. And she asked for his name. And she asked for the drummer's name with that said this set the internet ablaze and this has been the talk of the town for at least the last week you have people from her camp defending her you have people from the drummer's camp specific more specifically the father and of course the majority of the internet from what i've been able to see stating that her actions were wrong and of course this is the video that you have to see to really get the full extent of what is going on? Once again, just Google Apostle Monique Hall. You could even look it up on YouTube. Well, I'm pretty sure if you're within any type of church circle, you've seen this video surfacing around, uh, circulating around Facebook. But people took sides, and here we are. In this podcast, we'll break down how we feel about the situation. We'll break down some of the responses that the father has had to the situation, some of the responses that, I guess, her spiritual leadership or people that just claim to know her uh, have. And yeah, everybody else giving a two cents. So we're going to add our three cents. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Just off first glance, you know, seeing a situation, what was your initial thoughts? Um, when she first started talking about musicians and she was just saying how um, I was agreeing. I was agreeing with her when she was saying that um, musicians, I guess, leave and they don't stay so that was her major thing musicians play but then they leave when the word comes if ever that happens i i i totally agree that that shouldn't be happening um now i agree with that in terms of because we know that musicians are they can be hired and so you're looking at two different things. Now, if we're talking about a musician who is playing at his home church, do I believe that he should stay for the preach word? Absolutely. But if we're talking about a musician who is playing at another church or another gig, do they have to stay? No, they fulfill their obligation. Um, and so there, I, I, I agreed with her 
with that in mind. And then also when she talked about how we need to get musicians saved again, I'm like, okay, now this rant has just turned into your personal feelings. And as as someone who um, used to preach myself, I know how easy it is to get into rants. Um, I know how easy it is to, people will call it slipping into your flesh um, while you're in the pulpit. And I think that's where she started to go. I think she was on point when she said, you know, the musicians need to stay for the word. To say we need to get them all saved again. I'm not going to say they're not saved just because they didn't stay. And this is a prime example of why. Sometimes it's just best if we keep our mouth off stuff. Just preach the word of God and sit down. Because she made a lot of assumptions. <laughs> and most of her assumptions were absolutely wrong. Yeah, especially considering the fact as the following days passed more and more information came out different figures spoke about the situation and the most vocal one being the father of the musician that was personally rebuked and given a 48 hour window to repent he came out gave his uh context to the story and has been vehemently defending his son ever since that day and the one thing i quickly noticed because when i first saw the video i saw it five six days after the event happened and of course, I was with Takia too. What the uh, what the lady was initially saying, I was lockstep in agreement with about you know musicians needing to stay for the preached word X Y Z. But of course, you must give account for situations where a musician is someone hired just to simply play music during a a uh, worship portion of a service, and then after that's done. If that said agreement with that musician in that church is you will play these selections during this period of service, then the musician's job is done. Now, of course, if we're considering somebody who's hired for hired to play at their church, their home church, this is a church they actually serve at and they attend, they're a member of, then, of course, getting up and leaving the service Right, and we're not talking about taking a break. We're talking about leaving the service because these the musicians that leave service are usually the ones that are that are simply hired. So getting up and leaving a service when it's time for the word to be brought forth, yeah, no, I completely disagree with that sentiment. And judging by the video, from what I saw, that's simply what she was talking about. But then the video took a turn for the worse when she started to talk about people's salvation, and it just went downhill from there. And then it turns out. As more context came about, like I said before, this rant was sparked by the actions of the musicians that were specifically serving during that service at that time. And there's there's stories about who these musicians actually were hired by, who they're serving, X, Y, and Z. There's, there's so much to break down when it comes to the situation, which we probably wouldn't have time in one podcast to do. But the fact of the matter is, I believe just like Takia does, that Apostle Hall definitely veered off track with her rant and eventually got into speaking about things that just, or speaking about the situation in a fashion that showed that she was just offended by the actions of the musicians that were serving that day. Mm-hmm. Apparently the story goes, as she got up, the musicians went to go take a break, do whatever they had to do. Uh, and then the video starts, the musicians are already back in their seat, 
and she's speaking on things of that nature. And the drummer was on his phone. Reports say that the drummer was texting his mother. You know, there's so many layers to peel back in this situation. But at the end of the day, yeah, the thing ultimately her actions were her actions were wrong, especially the ending of this rebuke as she's labeling it. The ending of the rebuke is the most alarming and damning thing, I think, of this uh situation. That you have forty eight hours to repent, you don't know who you did them with part, shows a level of arrogance and just abuse from the pulpit that a lot of people have seen before and it simply needs to be addressed. Right is right, wrong is wrong, ball a ball, strike a strike. And I think that's the that's the worst portion of this video. I think for me, when I found out that he was a minor, <clears throat> my head automatically went to my child. And if somebody ever, <laughs> I mean, and I'm cool with people um, disciplining my child. But what she did was totally out of line, totally out of line. It was unclear who he needed to repent to and what he needed to repent for. Now, I know my husband said, because the point I brought up, brought up was she said, can you play? So that was a question. He gave an answer. Finding out his age did two things for me. Number one, it made me furious as a parent. But then number two, it really, if, if you really watch what happened, he was extremely respectful to her. If you understand um, all of the context that was brought by the father, number one, he was a minor. Number two, this was his, like his, he belonged to the church that he was in. Now, the church that he was in rents out the church to another church. Rents out the building. Yeah. And so he was playing for the church that uses the building. So, so that speaks to the issue of whether he was just walking out um, and this was his church home. This was not his church home. He goes to his father's church. He has agreed to play for that church and the father brought clarity as well. He was not hired by this guest speaker, number one. Then number two, upon the agreement or whatever that he made to play, the pastor of that church that he was um, – that was – having the service was not there. But the pastor of that church gave him instruction that after um, everything has been done, when the word is being given, they can take a break and then they just come back to close out. He did that. It was always, it was also clarity bought. Now we will, here's the thing. Even though they brought clarity and say he was texting his mom, he's a young man. I'm not going to say that he's not telling the truth, but unless somebody grabs his phone, we won't ever really know who he was texting. So I'm not even going to bring in like, oh, he was texting his mom, whatever. I don't know who he was texting. But I do know there's a difference between someone who looks down, responds to a text, versus someone who has their head down the entire time. I think these are things that were not taken into consideration. And obviously, she has some, some bitterness in her heart towards musicians. That that's that's what I got from that, and then also um, a fundamental misunderstanding of the word of God. 
for you to say you don't know who you're messing with. Now, I'm just going to guess here. I'm going to guess and say, because she is an apostle, I'm going to guess. and Oh, she said she was a prophet. So I'm going to guess that the authority she thinks she has is coming from the scripture where it says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. I'm pretty sure that's where she thought, you know, that's where her, that's where her authority came from. And, and to that, I would say, go back and read the full context of that scripture. Because a lot of times that is totally taken out of context. That does not give you the right. And here's the thing. When you think about it, we are supposed to be like Jesus. When have you ever seen Jesus, even when he confronted Judas, <laughs> say something like, like that? If you look at Jesus, when you're talking about repent, because she told him to repent, he don't know who he just messed with, all this stuff. Jesus got crucified by people. And he tried to repent on their behalf, forgive them for they know not what they do. Talking to God on their behalf, not in a condescending way, but literally in a way that speaks to the mercy that they need for what they've just done to him as the son of God. I do believe that the Son of God has that authority. I do not believe that we, walking around here, um, have that. And I'm pretty sure those two scriptures, those two things I just said, that touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm, and then the part where Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do, is where she was pulling from um, her authority as a prophet, as an apostle. Incorrect. And both, to take both of those scriptures, and use it in that manner is incorrect. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm of the mindset that I don't uh I don't assume people's intentions and then of course she never gave any biblical background to why she feels like she has the authority to call somebody to repent to what seems like only judging from the video it seems like the repentance that this musician was supposed to have was in regards to her. Like, mm -hmm. that's just what I feel like. Yeah. Because she said, you don't know who you're messing with. Right. She followed up the statement by, you don't know who you're messing with. So, whether or not... Or you don't she, know what you just did. Or something you don't like know, yeah. Something like Any, that. Yeah, paraphrasing, right? Yeah. No, no, no direct quotes in this podcast. We don't have any quotes of uh, what she said, because I only watched the video a couple times. It's, it's over with for me. But essentially, I don't know whether she's pulling from a specific chapter or verse or whether this is just culturally ingrained in her to feel like she has the authority to call somebody to repent in that fashion. But I do know that, yeah, I don't I don't believe she has that that type of power. Of course, we all as Christians have the ability to call others to repentance, but it's in the form of repenting. To God. To God, right? Asking for forgiveness from God for sins against God, not for sins against man. Oh, that's, that's the crux of the issue. So when it came to her asking this person, or really just telling this person, you have 48 hours, as if there's going to be some sort of punishment for his actions, in regards to her. Yeah, I find I found that very alarming. I don't know what authority she has outside of the authority given to every Christian 
of being able to hold each other accountable. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, I found that I found that very alarming. And then also the uh the father likened her words to that of a word curse. Yeah. Now I am very unfamiliar with the theology behind word curses and its biblical standing. So I can't speak too much to it. I'm just of the mindset. Show me. Okay. Cause I, I believe, right. We're in Christ. The Holy spirit is within us. We love to say, you know, Christ has the power to break every chain. Mm-hmm. You know, there's freedom in the word. There's freedom in God. There's solid, there's solitude and, well, not solitude, there's solace in Christ. And Christ is this almighty, all-powerful being. But yet, we then as Christians seem to subject ourselves to the words of other Christians who are on the same level as us. And that is another thing that raises alarms for me too. Because for me, right, okay, my child is the drummer. In no way, shape, or form, and I ever was I would I ever believe that this Apostle Hall has the power to bring a curse upon upon my child. And let's just say, let's just say, uh, I did believe that. Do I then do I then believe that I don't have the power to break that said curse? Because either either she has this power within her own within her own self, or this power lies within the source that she's pulling from, which should be Jesus. But obviously, I, I don't believe in that case that this was Jesus. This was something else, another thing, not Jesus. And that's all that matters. If it's not Jesus, it's wrong. All right. All right. So I'm hearing her state that, okay, yeah, I believe you're wrong. We'll have a conversation. X, Y, Z. All that good stuff. But in no way am I actually going to believe that you have the power to actually curse someone because now I do believe witchcraft is real. There are demons, devils, witches, warlocks that roam this earth. Of course, you have to believe in evil spirits. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe in the Bible, because the Bible attests to these things. But at the same time, I believe that the Jesus and the God that I serve is more powerful than any of those demonic forces. So if that's the case, then there's nothing you can do to me as a child of God. Not because I'm powerful, not because I have any any uh great power of my own, I have any magic that I can do. Mm-hmm. It's just simply I'm a child of God. Christ is going to protect me. God is going to protect me. I have the Holy Spirit within me. So when it comes to all of those spiritual forces, they have a level of influence over the flesh, but you can't curse me to a point where I have no control over it. God has no control over the outcome. And that's just where I stand in that situation. So when it comes to that word curse, word curse part, word curse part, you know, people actually believe that her words have that much power to affect someone else's life negatively. Someone who's in Christ negatively in that manner. I just don't see how that equates. I don't see how, how do that you, how so, that lines up. So how do you how to because here's where where my mind would go. Um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so how 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 does that scripture play out in this 
in this um, event? If life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So in this event, I could see that being, given the context of the event, right? We know that this person has had some personal troubles in their life. That we're talking about the drummer specifically. Has had some personal troubles in their life. So, for example, she says this. You have 48 hours. That person actually believes what she says and spirals into some sort of spiritual abyss. They go down the wrong path. They get scared. They have a negative thought towards God or negative thoughts towards God in the mind of, in the sense of, oh, I messed up. There's no way I can ever, you know, fix it, right? Oh, I have to submit myself to the leadership of this person because they gave me 48 hours to repent. And of course, they say, you don't know who you're messing with. So I have to apologize on the behalf of my actions because of what I did to them. Things of that nature, right? So when the power of the tongue comes into a level of influence, but I cannot sit here and say, Takia, you will die tomorrow. And if you die tomorrow, I had nothing to do with that. Because I can sit here and say, somebody else will die tomorrow and they don't die tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. We, as humans, do not have the mere power to speak death over someone and then they die because if we do then it has to happen every time because we have that power if it's in my heart and i want you to die and i speak death over you and you do not die then that has to be reconciled yeah because when you think about it every time god says something it has to happen because he has that power exactly if god says you're going to die you're gonna die then he has the power to make you die I don't have that power outside of physically killing you. (laughs) So that's what I, that's what I believe that verse is talking about when it comes to life and death is in the power of the tongue. Think about it like this, Hitler, Hitler led a bunch of people to the genocide of, uh, of the Jews. Right. But Hitler did not have the ability to speak and say all Jews die. And then all the Jews dropped dead. He had to influence a group of people over time to rally around a certain idea. The tongue did this. Mm-hmm. And then those people carried out his devilish actions on his behalf. But if Hitler had the ability to simply state something and then it happens, he would have just done it. This is true. And then he didn't win. Ultimately, his plans were thwarted. So that's why, that's another reason why I believe that verse is talking more about a level of influence. Okay, and uh, uh, let's give another example. No matter how many times I say I am going to be a millionaire tomorrow, it is a 99.9999999999% chance that I will not be a millionaire tomorrow. How many kids grow up believing that they're going to be rich? They're going to be the next Kevin Durant. They're going to be the next Michael Jordan. They're going to be the next Kendrick Lamar. They're going to be the next great apostle. They're going to be the next great pastor. And they don't become that. Or they fall into these beliefs or they fall into the certain ideologies of you can speak certain things into existence. And it will happen. And then it does not happen. That's the life part. 
for me right now, <laughs> I'm going through some medical issues. I can speak health over myself. And outside of a miraculous intervention by God, not myself, because I don't actually have the power to perform the miracles on my own accord, under my own power, outside of miraculous intervention or myself taking actual action to mm-hmm. fix and correct and remedy these issues, nothing will happen. My health will continue to degrade. There has been multiple accounts of Christians throughout the years who have stated on their deathbed, God is going to heal me. Mm. And they died. So at one point, do we sit and reconcile what we believe the verse to say versus what actually happens in the world? So that's that's how I deal with that verse. Yeah, and I just said that because I know a lot of people were probably, th- I, even though I already knew the answer, I know a lot of people were probably, um, a lot of people get scared when you hear things like that um, and they won't say certain things because they, they literally believe that we as children of God have that power and we simply do not. Now, do we have, again, like Hitler do we have the power of influence with our words? Yes. But do we have the power to, do we, do we actually hold the power to kill, the power to make somebody live, the power to create in our tongue? No. I mean, the devil doesn't even have that power. <laughs> the Bible clearly states that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's a lot of people that he have not stolen from, killed, or destroyed. Not unless you let him. Exactly. That's that's not under his own power. No, if but I, that's what if I'm I take a gun and shoot you in the head, okay. I'm just saying, if I take yeah. a gun and shoot you in the head <laughs> under my own power, I can kill you. Yeah. Physically. But even when it comes to the devil, his ultimate goal is to have your soul. You he can't even have that without, without your, your own permission. <laughs> so that's 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 my standpoint. Now, I will agree that 48 hours meant something. Because in 48 hours, it won't him that needed help. It was her. <laughs> she had to delete all of her social media because people were ripping her to shreds. Deleted everything. And the father was continuously on social media, continuously going to bat for his son, as I think any good father would. And I just, looking at everything that happened, I know that people might say um, this was just a bad display of Christianity and all this other stuff. No, it wasn't. I mean, now what she did, yes. But when you look at the way the pastor, when you look at the way the son responded and the father, the father is the pastor of um, the church that owns that building. When you look at the way that they responded, he actually did what the Bible said. He went to... Now, she was an apostle. He went to her. Um, he went to her husband. He, he speaks about how everybody was saying, get off the internet. You know, you don't need to be up here. And he said, look, I called them both. And they hung up. And Well, before, at first they got rude. And then they hung up in my face. So he followed the Bible. His son, who could have responded a million different ways to this woman who attacked him 
and called someone else to come and play on his drum set. This is the pastor. This was also revealed. That was his personal drum set. He moved out of the way so that someone could come and get on his stuff. If that is not a display of the fruit of the spirit, one of the fruits of the spirit, self-control, <laughs> I don't know what it is. And so on one side, you see these people, this person who's, who was seemingly governed by um, herself. And then you see someone who is governed by um, the things of God. And then when you really look at it, even looking at how she um, how she spoke, I just, you don't win anybody that way. Like at all. And for us to have to model ourselves after Jesus, you just never see Jesus come at anybody like that. Even the people who were crucifying him, you just don't see that. So I don't understand how we think we hold the power to do these things. Well, he did call people devils. For things that they were actually actively doing. Is what she believed. Okay, so he called so he called people devils for things that they were actually actively doing with the full context because he is God. Right. No, yeah, that's no, the I, full I exactly context of thoughts, actions, like when you, even when you looking at him having the conversation with the woman at the well, he had knowledge that he could only have as the son of God to have that type of conversation. We don't have that knowledge. That's she true. didn't, she, well, obviously, I'm not going to say we don't have that knowledge because sometimes we do have the full context. But what I will say is she did not have that knowledge because she didn't know that that won't his church. She didn't know that he had been hired and been told that he could come down after, um, I guess, select song selections were done. Like she just didn't know a lot. <laughs> and so I think even when we are approaching people and trying to uh, bring, bring repentance, we need to keep these things in mind. Some stuff you just don't know. And so it's, it's better to come in love because I believe if she had come in love and, and simply waited till after the service and asked a question or even during the service, because some people just like that during the service, just ask a question. Is there a reason why y'all got up? Maybe one of them would have said, well, we were told we could. And that could have been the end of that. Right. Just to provide clarity. Right. Just make sure we were clear about it. She was the guest speaker for the church that was subletting the building. So the building was owned by a church. The church that owns the building allows other churches to use its building for services. So that's the first church owns the building. Second church is using the service, using the building for a service. She was the third party who was actually brought in to be a guest speaker for the church that was actually using the building for a service, not the actual owner owners of the building right he the drummer is a drummer for the church that actually uh owns the building i believe that's correct yes it's his father's church it's his father's church the father even goes on to say as much as if the father died today the drummer would inherit the building yep 
So that just gives you context about the situation that she was in, for which it seems as though she had no idea, mm-hmm. or at least neglected and disregarded the fact, those facts of the matter. And so as much as we want to focus on her, I just want to say a kudos to the drummer, a kudos to the father for how they handled the situation and how they are actively handling this situation. Um, as I said in the beginning, he said he wanted to take a negative and make a positive. And so he made that actual date in his church. And he said, I hope, you know, other churches will follow suit. Musician Appreciation Day. Um, it was something else that he, he wanted to do a service just to kind of, um, the, and he did hashtag 48 hour stand, uh, one night revival. The son didn't want that. Um, so he took it down and, um, I mean, he's been very active on social media. So even as a parent, I feel like he's handled this very, very well because to, to watch, I don't, I just, I don't know how it feels as a parent to watch and know that forever on the internet, there will be a video of someone disrespecting your child for things that they didn't even do. Yeah. Uh, the father's response has been apropos, I would say, and is definitely expected. Of course, his child was attacked. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is how he feels, and he's been responding accordingly. I also believe that he does have biblical grounds to stand on when it comes to the nature in which the son was handled. Uh, there are some things that he said that I disagree with, of course, right? The word curse thing and things of that nature, but, or at least giving the word curse power. I'll say yeah. that because curses exist, right? We do believe in demonic forces. But giving the curse power over your son and things of that nature, I don't I don't necessarily uh, fall in lockstep with that. But, of course, his actions, he's been... Of Ever since it has happened, he's been vehemently defending his son and rightfully so rebuking the actions of the apostle mm-hmm. of that day. And this is this this has sparked a conversation on so many different things. Uh, one of the things that I think has not been spoken about enough is spiritual authority and spiritual the spiritual power that we actually have that spiritual has been abuse that has been laid to the wayside. Spiritual abuse when it comes to leaders speaking from the pulpit and uh, just leadership in the church in general. We also, uh, conversations surrounding church order when it comes to, for specifically this example, rebukes, right? The fathers of the mindset that this rebuke, rebuking as a leader in the church is completely warranted and it is, it is, uh, Every leader in a church has the right to rebuke the parishioners of that church. But the fathers of the mindset that not only was the way this situation handled by the apostle done wrong, he is also the mindset that there were other avenues that she could have taken to have had this handled properly. Yeah. He states that she was a guest speaker, so she could have spoken to the drummer's pastor Instead of doing what she did. And also, I don't know if she knew he was underage, but just considering the fact that he was underage, people have stated that she could have spoken to his father. Mm-hmm. 
there was just other ways that people believe she could have handled the situation other than what she did. And I could definitely see validity to all those points. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> really, really just looking at go, going back to spiritual authority, even with the spiritual authority that we have, um, I think one of the biggest things that we have to realize is that the Bible says it is by love and kindness that I have drawn thee. And that is not to say that um, we can't give rebukes, we can't correct, because we all, I hope we all understand that um, along with love, there is definitely accountability and correction. The father said if there was anything that he felt like his son had done wrong, he definitely would have corrected him. And he said, you know, like, I don't allow them to be on their phones. I don't allow them to do this. I don't allow them to to do that. And he also spoke to the fact that the son has been a drummer for years and they've never had issues with him. Whether it be at his church or other churches that he has played at. And so I just want y'all to understand that this is going to play on his psyche for the rest of his life. And he's just 17. And unfortunately... He's probably going to equate her because you got to think about it. You have to think about where she placed herself when she said, you don't know what you just did. So very, very close to God, apparently. (laughs) And so now how is this going to affect how he sees God? These are all the things that I think we don't think about when we just start talking. Because we're upset or because, and so it's something we got to watch out too for as Christians, even when we're on Facebook, even when we're addressing people. How are we coming off to others? And it's not, again, it is not to say that we cannot rebuke, that we cannot correct, that we cannot hold hold people accountable. I think when somebody does something wrong, the three most misused words in the body of Christ is accountability, judgment, and grace. How do we handle these things? And this is a prime example of the wrong way to handle these things. Yeah, most definitely. On one side. Because the other side, and I, I want to keep going back to the positive. The other side was they handled it just like the Bible said they should have. The son and the father. Yep, that's true. Now, I will say, given all the negative sentiments that she stated during her rant, and even with the 48-hour repentance and all that, right? If the father is truly the minister of the gospel, an apostle and a prophet, like he states, I do believe that giving the son correct doctrine and theological soundness will be the thing that ultimately helps him through this situation. Because if he has a proper understanding and context of what happened, what was wrong, what could be done better, and what should have been done, then I think ultimately he'll be able to get through this on the other side with a greater understanding and a greater and closer relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, I feel the only way that this can lead him astray outside of the emotional effect, if we're talking about just having spiritual truth, is if he does not have the truth yeah. of what happened and what was wrong and what is the proper way to handle it. But if he goes on to believe 
which he hasn't shown any signs of doing that. And his father seems to have his ear and have a greater influence over what he believes versus this Apostle Hall. By the way, his father is a proclaimed apostle and prophet too. So they should have the same spiritual authority, right? And this, it just raises so many questions on my behalf. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, they're both, they both hold the same office. They both should have the same spiritual authority. They're both pulling from the same source. Well, allegedly, because uh, if we believe what she's doing is if what she did was wrong. Of course, she can't be pulling from, from God. God is truth, right? Anyway, this is, this is just the logical implications of the situation. With that said, what she, if what she did was wrong, if the father, if what the father is doing is true, then her words should have no power in comparison to the truth of the actual word of God. So if the father is leading his son the right way, then ultimately, sooner or later, his son will make it through it, make it through this situation on the other side better than he was when he started. Yeah. That says, and then I don't know if you wanted to get into her apology. She apologized. Oh, yeah. Barely. Uh, she did apologize. Let's see. If I can pull up her apology. Oh, yeah. So at the end of the day, she did apologize. Uh, Takia says barely. (laughs) But her apology reads like this. This platform that the Lord has blessed me with is very dear to my heart, and I don't take it for granted or take things lightly when lives are at hand. I'm humbly grateful for all my family, friends, community, and supporters. On February 19th, 2023, I had a speaking engagement at New Creation Christian Center in the absence of Pastor Daniel Williams McCord, and the situation took place where I rebuked the drummer for refusing to play. I would say that's partially true, but the rebuke came well before the drummer refused to play. There was just a following, there was a following rebuke after, but I digress. Anyways, I rebuked the drummer for refusing to play. And informing that him, this is what this is what the, literally what it reads. Yeah, my and, husband. And informing that him, he had forty-eight hours to repent for his diso- for disobedience. For the past couple of days, after seeking godly counsel and prayer, this has influenced my decision to sincerely apologize publicly, as it was not meant as a curse, but more of an open rebuke for disobedience in serving. This was not my intention, and I humbly apologize for how it was interpreted to be a word curse. So at this time, I publicly apologize to Josiah, uh, anyway, his family, the Radical Nation Church family, and thousands of people that this has affected, including Blueprint Church. I love each and every single one of you, and may God bless you. With agape love, Dr. Monique Hall. Yeah, when someone says, I apologize basically for how you took it, that's not an apology. You could have kept that. And, and, And that's just my opinion, because she literally says... My decisions, you, uh, what did she say? Uh, let me, let me go back. Um, more of us. I, I humbly apologize for how it was interpreted to be a word curse. That's not a real apology. So she basically saying, I'm sorry that y'all took it that way. Yes. Now, given the fact she did acknowledge some sort of wrongdoing, okay. But I will say. 
that I don't see it as a proper apology, given the fact that she's missing the biggest thing. <laughs> the whole point. <laughs> she's missing the whole point. The entire rebuke in itself was off basis. Incorrect. Not only, not only that, but I believe her recount of what happened is misleading to say the best. The drummer was not rebuked or was not only rebuked for refusing to play. The initial rebuke that sparked this entire conversation was that rebuke that we stated earlier about. Remember, this is a four minute long video. The rebuke of the drummer refusing to play happened within the last minute at most. Which included also that 48 hour repent window that she's referring to in her, her apology. So I think she's completely missed the point. Which is the most concerning thing for me. But who am I, right? And she stated that it was an open rebuke for disobedience in serving. He did not. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's uh in serving? How did he not serve? I think she's under the impression that since she asked him to play. Now this is now this is one thing that I do uh I think people miss when it comes to the phrasing a order as a question. Yeah. Now I see this happen time and time again in the military. I have supervisors. This is the military. There are most people who outrank me who ask me to do things. These are orders posed as questions. Now, of course, do you believe that a guest speaker has the ability to order a musician that wasn't even hired by them to do something? That's another that's a, another conversation. But if she's coming at this from the point of view of I'm the speaker, I'm the apostle, I'm the person that's heading this service at this specific point in time, all spiritual authority that was held by the pastor of the church has been given to me in their absence. When I ask you to play something, I'm asking you to be nice, but that's really a order for lack of a better word. Yeah. But then also you got to look at it when she asked, because she asked the piano player first and she said, can you play something? He started playing and she said, are you okay? So acknowledging that whatever she just said, she realized she needed to come back and make sure that person was okay. That's true. In the video, she did ask the musicians, are they okay? And I feel like that is shows a sign of guilt. because Yeah. Why you need to ask that if what you did was right? Yeah, of course. On the other hand, it could just be a general, I'm the leader. I know I just gave a hard-hitting rebuke. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you if you're okay. Even though I know what I said was correct. So it can be interpreted both ways, but from my point of view, my perspective, I do believe she asked if that person, if the musicians were okay because she thought that there was some level of wrongness in her actions. Yeah. Ultimately, I do believe her apology missed the mark. And she still does not understand the true error in her ways. I pray that she comes into repentance. Not towards the son, but she comes into repentance because I do believe that 
She just basically didn't handle the situation properly. And God is not pleased. But I think that's that's <laughs> look, that's the true. You don't know. She don't have 48 hours. That's the only God know how, many, how long she got. But I do pray she repents for these actions and all is restored. Yeah. Seriously. At the end of the day, I think this is just another example of why it is so serious that we handle the word of God correctly. Because when we don't handle the word of God correctly, this is what happens. We think that we can just do whatever we want to whomever we want, and there will be no consequences for that. Yeah, that's true. When it comes to a situation like this, I think so many levels of theology and doctrine, there's errors all throughout the situation. And it starts way before this person even actually did this open rebuke. Yeah. It starts with who they believe they are and the level of spiritual authority that they hold within the kingdom and what that means for them and their their position in relation to God and in relation to other followers of Christ. I think that's where the core of the issue lies, because if you don't even believe that you have some sort of spiritual hierarchy when it comes to. I can call you to repentance and she did not state in her apology the connotation for which this repentance was called for. But we stated earlier in this podcast that if you watch the video from our point of view, it seemed as though the repentance that she was calling for carried a certain weight or a more significant weight simply because of who she was, Mm -hmm. not because of any violation of scripture specifically or more so, more so a specific violation of scripture, but the not the violation of scripture was accompanied by the fact of who you offended. So it's not so much that I sinned against God, but not only did I sin, let's say I'm a liar, but I lied to apostle Dr. Monique Hall. So there's, there's a, there's a extra weight to that. And that is something I think is left out in this situation. But you know, different points of view, different perspectives. And once again, I think she dropped the ball with the apology also. Yeah, she also said um, another reason why, you know, this is so important, because while she's doing all of this in the middle of all this, she said, I hope y'all are not recording. Yeah, she stated that she stated that once she got back into the pulpit, she stated that she hopes somebody's recording. Now, initially, I thought, too, that was a uh, that was a bad look. But then upon second review. I can see in certain situations where you would not want someone to record because while well, oh, yes, yeah. well, yes, it is an open rebuke, but it was a rebuke for just the people inside that church. Maybe yeah. it was, maybe it's a, I'm trying to save the people I'm rebuking a level of embarrassment. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if I'm a pastor, right. I'm rebuking someone. I'm reprimanding someone. I don't want to put that on the internet for everybody to see. I don't believe that. In, in a, just, she knew she was about to go viral. <laughs> yeah, but in the back of her, yeah. And, and of course, <laughs> I believe she just knew she was about to go viral. That's why she said, I hope y'all not recording. Yeah. Because she knew this was going to get on the internet, and then everybody was going to put their two scenes in. Yep. Including the Atkins Family Podcast. <laughs> and, that, and I think another thing, too, is another, another set of people that need to be addressed is the people in the congregation that feel like they just have to sit back and let stuff like this happen. 
I don't think that that's true. And I'm not saying to be rude. I'm not saying you just need to pop up and be like, that's wrong. Make it stop now. But I am saying that a lot of times I think things only go on for as long as they go on. And they only go on. It only gets as bad as it gets because we have people who are sitting there. And you hear the people in the audience say amen and wow and whoa. Like, yeah, he don't know who he just messed with. Why did it take for the father to see this? And then everybody is saying, oh, how wrong this is. It was a church full of people sitting there watching this happen. Yeah, it seemed like the crowd was eating it up. Yeah. They was all in lockstep in agreement. Amens and all that. And then didn't, didn't she like raise a seed after? That's what that's. That is what is being said, that there was a seed taken to, I guess, solidify uh what she spoke over him. Yeah, I don't... Anyway, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, not 100% positive that. about that. Right. But, but um, if it was, all that money needs to be given back. Right, yeah, because we haven't we haven't seen that portion of the video, even if that exists or not. But that is... It had also come out from sources that some sort of seed was raised in regards to this situation. That's wrong, too, but that's... Like I said, there's so many, so many different things that you could touch on in this situation that I think ultimately Apostle Dr. Monique Hall, she was wrong, just like every other Christian has been wrong in their lifetime. And it's something you got to take up with God. And I pray that she comes into the right understanding or what I believe is the right understanding in this situation. And she repents. Yep. Just like she called this drummer to repent. I'm not going to put no window on it. Ain't no curse. I don't have that power. Just repent. But just repent. You got any more comments? No. All right, folks. So that's just our thoughts. Hopefully you've come to the same. <laughs> hopefully you come to the same conclusions we have because we're right and you're wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking facts. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Yeah, arrogant. Got you a Dr. Monique Hall spirit on you. Oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a new spirit, huh? <laughs> yeah, it just came out on February 17th. Well, she stayed in her apology. It was February 19th. Oh, my bad. I probably had the date wrong. Mm. That makes sense. Good I thing repent. we ain't the news. I repent. <laughs> Turned away from staying <laughs> saying February 17th. All right. All right, guys. Well, y'all know the outro. I was your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I was accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins, and this was the Atkins Family Podcast. We'll see you next time, folks.